and you and you go to someone's house and they've lost everything. You know, everything they own is sitting out on the curb, and uh, and to be able to just you know you just put your arm around them and you can just see you know what God can do and just changing their countenance. You know, after we leave, God hasn't forgotten them. You know, even though their life is laying at the curb in a in a heap, um, that God hasn't forgotten them. Well, for me, it's it's all about just giving back. You know, um, the Lord saved me, and He didn't have to. So you go to give a blessing, and it gets blessed. That's what it's all about. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse taking you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of taking you to one location, we want to take you across the country to meet some of our incredible volunteers. Right now, Samaritan's Purse is responding to several disasters. We have four sites currently operating in Louisiana after Hurricane Laura. We have one site in Alabama responding to Hurricane Sally, and we have two wildfire responses in California and Oregon. So you're going to hear volunteers from all these different sites. I'm not sure you're aware of, but every aspect of the ministry involves volunteers. The work of Samaritan's Purse could not be done without the local church and volunteers who serve so selflessly, all in Jesus' name. They're praying at every work site and asking God to move. Dear Lord, just want to thank you for bringing us here today to use us, to glorify you. Lord, just pray that um, we go in here and just uh, do the work that you know we need to do and get it done. And just uh, bless this work, bless this day, and bless this family. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right. Would you want to take this family in and show them this, this room? Okay. And get them. All right. Better. Okay. okay. I had the chance to sit down with Luther Harrison, who serves as our Vice President of North America Ministries, and we were able to talk about his perspective on volunteers. So Luther, to start, we have many teams out right now. Can you talk to us about the work that's been doing through U.S. Disaster Relief? Well, every uh, disaster relief unit we have had has been deployed here recently. Uh, We've had up to eight deployments going on simultaneously. Uh, Right now, we currently have seven. Uh, But if you're watching the weather forecast, uh, October 9th, there's a Category 2 hurricane that's supposed to make landfall in the Gulf again, Um, just adding more uh, injury to the areas that have already been hit hard this past uh, couple of months. And to see how God has uh, blessed us with the equipment to be able to respond. And we're standing by waiting to see, does that eighth unit go back into action quickly? So today, we want to spotlight the volunteers because we know we couldn't do this with work without them. And, and as we prayed to open, you shared that verse in Luke, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Uh, we need workers. We need volunteers. Can you talk to me about why they're so important? Well, Samaritan's Purse, one of the key components to success in our walk with Christ is the volunteer. I mean, these are folks that come with a willing heart. They take their own time. They give us time and talent to come out and serve and just to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And many of these folks have been through storms, and they can actually come and encourage others walking in that same valley that are positively saying, look, I've recovered from a storm. You can too. But just to see the volunteers, the heart they serve with, it's not being paid to do this. They're not getting any kind of uh, retirement plan. They're just being faithful to follow Christ's mandate to go, and they're going to be uh, disciples for Christ. 
and it's not only the physical work we do, it's the spiritual side that really just, um, I think, is the most important part. There are a lot of great organizations that come in during these storms, but our work comes with a message. Samaritan's Purse always anchors with a local church. That is our partner. That's the one that we want them to see, uh, the community to see that was the church that came to their help, and it was God that sent that church to minister to their needs during the storms. Today, I want to introduce you to a volunteer, Patty, who has been serving in Alabama after Hurricane Sally. At first, Patty wanted to be a missionary overseas, but God showed she and her husband that their calling was actually to disaster relief within the United States. Our first deployment was Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, I guess it's about five years ago this month. We worked on one house of a gentleman. This is why we got hooked. He was 91 years old. He was World War II vet. POW survivor, didn't know Jesus. We had to take everything out of the bottom floor of their house. We gutted it out, and we got the whole bottom contracted ready. He, we gave him, we were giving him the Bible. So now he's got these people, these army of orange shirts serving him. And we gave him the Bible, and he found Jesus at 91 years old. 91 years old. And Vernon and I go, this is why we're going to do this. How can you not do this? And that's what it's about. You know, that one person to be saved and have eternity. So we wanted to share that testimony to give you context. But I know over the years of your ministry, you've seen this time and time again, where someone's been through so much and that time is where they find Jesus. So can you talk to me about what it's like to be a part of a ministry that shares the gospel in desperate times? When you see people come to know Jesus, I mean, it's addictive to the volunteers. They really say, I may not be a Billy Graham that stands in the pulpit and preaches to the thousands, but I can go and minister to a family one-on-one and share what God has done in my life. And it allows them to be a true, full-fledged missionary. You cannot say our volunteers are not missionaries. They are going out to share the love of Jesus Christ. And to see a 91-year-old man accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's his 11th hour. He doesn't have as many days left on this earth as um, he would have, but the life he lived, his spiritual birthday has just begun. So now, as I always say, life is short, eternity's forever. And he is going to have that security knowing that he can spend eternity in heaven. And I just imagine all these folks that as they come, their life ends on earth, and as they enter the kingdom of heaven, and you will be known as you were known, you're going to meet volunteers that were in your yard wearing an orange T-shirt, and they're going to be there to welcome you in and say, you know, it was God that used you to be intentional. Each of us, God has a path that He has us walking, and there are divine appointments lined up each and every one of these paths that we walk. And how many of us are like the Levite and the priest, we're too busy, and we turn our head and go by, whereas the Samaritan was the least likely person to minister to these folks and did. And that's what it counts. I mean, to plant a seed, to water a seed, and let's watch God make it grow. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. To see these families, and we have been blessed. Our target audience are those that don't have insurance. It's the elderly, the handicapped, the single moms, people that their loved ones are serving overseas, that no one is coming to their rescue. We want the church to be the ones that is the first responder coming to their rescue, meeting their needs right where they are, taking the church and the mobile church to their yard. They don't have to come inside a pretty building and sit in a pew. It's God surrounding them with a body of believers that goes out and shows them what true Christianity is all about. 
Um, and you mentioned earlier that we have seven sites running right now. And so this year has brought forth so much unexpected, you know, the pandemic and then multiple storms hitting over and over again. Can you talk to me about why volunteering is so critical right now? We have not stopped going. I mean, this has been one of the busiest years that we've had in the 20-something years that we've been doing disaster relief in the United States. And as we see God giving us a new opportunity, there's been no shortage of disasters that we can go to. And when you get to the storms, it's the house that you minister to, the homeowners that are there, they could care less about the virus. It's helped me get a roof on my house, help me get this tree off of my house. And that's what our volunteers are faithful to do. And we need the volunteers to come out. But it's got to come from the church, the leadership of the church. The pastors that lead these churches have to push their members outside the walls to go be the church. Mm-hmm. So that's why we keep saying, wake up, church. Mm-hmm. Your help's not coming from outside the community. Your help's got to come from within the community here. Right now in COVID, I will tell you that this is church to me. This is the real church. People helping each other in their communities, people coming from outside the communities to help. It's, it's a joy to be here. Kendra, one of our podcast team members, was on the ground in Alabama, and she met two best friends, Carrie and Susan, who go out and serve together. I know you'll be encouraged to hear their story and the way that God continues to use them. Well, I became involved because of Carrie. Um, She gave a talk one night on missions, and they talked about Samaritan's Purse. And at that time, I was keeping grandchildren, so I could not go. And, but I'd always, I'd always grown up thinking about missionaries and praying about missionaries, and they had always been on my heart to missions. And uh, then in October of the year that we taught, my three-year-old grandson died, and I kept him every day, and he was, he was just my heart. And I was going down in a hole so deep, and I didn't know how to get out. I was just, you know, so overcome with grief. And I hurt for my son that lost him. And uh, so, anyway, in January after that happened, I called Carrie up and I said, I want to come over and talk to you about Samaritan's Purse and tell me how to get involved in it. Well, we sat at her kitchen table that day and we signed me up. And a week later, I started with Samaritan's Purse and I haven't quit yet. When we're out here, we can actually see God work in action. I mean, I will pray sometimes about something and we don't know how, and all of a sudden, that opportunity is there. We get to learn about all kinds of different people throughout the whole United States, not just our own little small circle of friends, people we would never be in contact. We become friends with these people. These homeowners, they're precious and dear. doesn't matter whether they're Christian or not. We're there to love on them. They love on us. We get to know all the things that we could never know. And, and, and I really feel like we see God in action rather than reading about him. And the best thing is that I got Susan to share it with, and it always turns out such a blessing. I'm more blessed, I think, than the people sometimes. Well, I think I've grown to um, in being able to talk to people. It's such a blessing when I get to sit down with a homeowner 
and hear their story and what they've gone through. And I mean, it makes you see that you're not the only one to go through hardships and, and bad times and that, you know, if God can carry you through it, he can carry anybody else through it. And, you know, there have been some cases where sharing my story, I feel like has helped somebody else that has been in a similar situation. But uh, I agree with what everything that Carrie said. I mean, (laughs) seeing God work is just amazing. And seeing the beauty of God's hand in, in what we're doing, it's just overwhelming at times and uh, I just I just love doing what we do and I am in a position where I can do it and so mm-hmm. so we keep our bags packed and we're ready to go at any time I am just imagining someone sitting on their couch or doing dishes or driving to the store listening to this and feeling the Holy Spirit stirring them to come and volunteer come and serve What would you say to that person? Or what would you even say to yourself 10 years ago? I would say, come on, you're going to be blessed beyond anything. It is a little intimidating at first because you don't know who's who, but come on. It's just nothing like it. It's just an experience. You'll have a whole new family of of brothers and sisters when you leave. And it's nothing like the the connection you make with everybody and, and how blessed you are when you can do for others. And so a common response from all of our interviews from our volunteers is that this this volunteer force becomes family. You know, a lot of these people come from all over the country. They have a kindred spirit that is like no other. Yeah, so they don't know each other. No, but they become family and Mm -hmm. friends. And it is just something, once you get around them, it is just one of the most uplifting things to see them in action, to see them work. I mean, from a lot of our volunteers are retired and older and can't do some of the jobs they used to do. But just uh, the other day, we had a 15-year-old. They'd been out in this uh, ashes in California. And this gentleman that owned the house, he had a ring that was very special to him. He wanted to see if they could recover. And they looked all day for that ring. And here's a 15-year-old boy that's first deployment, disaster Mm -hmm. is getting into his system. And once you get hooked on this, there's no cure. Mm -hmm. They keep coming back. And he said a prayer to God, God, we have to leave now, but just please help me find this ring. And he, one more shovel full of ashes he scooped up, and he saw the ring in the ashes. Mm. And that was God heard his prayer, answered mm-hmm. his prayer, but then to take that ring and show the homeowner, just put the joy and the healing and closure in that man's life. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. These volunteers, they're out there. They're the real deal. There's no put on. There's no fake anything about them. They're just humble servants willing to, you know, it's not about them. It's about God getting all the glory. Mm-hmm. I love that story. And I love how you're right. 15-year-old, 80-year-old, you know, anybody can help and and do something. And they all work together. And I think what stuck out from listening to these conversations is some people have skills, some people don't, but God can use everybody. So can you talk to me about that? Is that as long as you're ready and willing to do anything, yeah, sift through ashes, um, 
volunteers can do anything and they can be given special trainer qualifications, but they don't need to have that to volunteer. You just come just as you are Mm -hmm. and we will put you on a team under a team leader that's going to watch over you, help teach you. I mean, when you see uh, a lady that came into our camp, she did not know how to crank a chainsaw, but now she's proficient with Mm -hmm. the saw through the years of her returning service. Mm -hmm. I mean, She's one of the better arborists that we have. Mm. There's going to be more storms until the Lord returns, but it's the church's responsibility to get out here and be that first responder and meet their needs. Oh, we, you know, I hear that all the time. I have learned so much working with Samaritan's Purse. I've learned how to use a saw and a sawzall, and I've learned how to use a nail gun and, you know, a chainsaw. I mean, I'm, you know, I love it. I love the fact that they have taken the time to train me and to use the things that I can use in everyday life, you know. Um, But yeah, there's always something for somebody and it's nothing else. Just loving on the homeowners, you know, is a a big job as in itself. I think, um, you know, the Lord truly equips. I have had shoulder surgery and hand surgery and a knee replacement and a thumb replacement and you know, I, I'm, I'm not um, the most physically fit person in the world, but yet, you know, God gives me truly the strength to be here. And, um, you know, I think people need to look outside of themselves um, instead of looking at our limitations and, um, you know, would it be easier for me to be at home and helping my sister-in-law in her store and talking to my mother-in-law and petting my dog and going through, you know, my regular routine? Absolutely. Does this push me outside of a comfort zone? Absolutely. Is it the most rewarding and challenging and God-filled experience you can have? Absolutely. You know, you, you just, you can't, um, you know, you, you really can't put the words into it because it's... You know, it's, it's a different God experience every time. But my days are filled with so many God moments um, through everybody that's here and hearing about their lives and, you know, hearing about the sacrifices that they've all made. And if everybody could give a little, you know, it would be so much easier. Come for a week. Come for a weekend. What a difference that would make. There's something for everybody, like holding a ladder or raking a leaf, or there's just something everybody can do. I was, yeah, a lot of people feel like that, like, oh, I'm too old, or I don't have any skill sets, or whatever, but there's something. When you get a group together, you can get a lot more done, and more hands make it easier. Everyone truly can be a part of this work. Patty talked about how God truly sustains her when she's out on deployment serving Him. I love the way that five years ago, she just felt this stirring, that she needed to step out of her comfort zone. I think we all can just get trapped into our daily things that we need to do. But she just felt like being a part of the church and and being a, a Nana was great, but God had more for her to do. And so I love the way that she stepped out and started volunteering with Samaritan's Purse, and she's been doing it ever since. I prayed probably about five years ago, Lord, I can't stay in this box. You gotta set me out. You've got to make, and this is when he brought Samaritan's Purse. And there'll be times when I'm on Samaritan's Purse deployments that I'll go, oh my gosh, 
I mean, you know, because I'm interacting, I'm praying out loud, and I'm like being a person that's like not an introvert, but an extrovert. And I go, who are you, Patty Fryer? And then the Lord says, you're who I asked you to be. This is who I made you to be. So I have to constantly remind myself that this is who God made me to be, no matter where I'm at. I truly believe that the Lord blesses and sustains these volunteers because you hear them come back from the work sites time and time again, exhausted, sweaty, but yet they say they're filled with joy and they come back to serve again and again. Paul, one of our volunteers who's been serving for 13 years, he gives the word unspeakable joy, which is truly so fitting because the volunteers truly are filled with joy. And I think of Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. These volunteers just truly overflow from the spiritual blessings that the Lord gives them. There's a, a word that uh, I always like used to describe the deployments, and it's um, unspeakable joy. And that's what it is. Um, when you can approach a homeowner who is hopeless and full of despair, uh, full of sorrow, and their focus is on the things of this world, the stuff that they've lost. And you can um, sit down and listen to them. You can pray with them. You can uh, give them a hug. And you can share the gospel all in the same day, in the same hour. And you can, um, the Lord will, in his time, and his way, he will give them uh, understanding, he will give them hope, he will give them joy. And um, the results are lives saved, souls saved. I just want to thank the volunteers. Mm -hmm. I mean, we cannot bottle their energy. You can't <laughs> patent that. It's just, it's a true Christ-like love that comes from their heart. I mean, every job description that we have on disaster relief can be taught, except for their heart. They have to come with a heart for Christ, and that's what compels them. It just, they're like the Energizer bunny rabbits. As they get out on the home sites, you know, it's long days, it's hot, it's yucky work. I mean, it's not pleasant to put on a Tyvek suit with heat and you're getting into mold and mud and different things, but we take the proper precautions and use the proper safety equipment. And to get volunteers to come out and do this and show them a true Christ-like love, you're truly being the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. We pray to the Lord, send more workers, mm -hmm. but let the community see the church needs to be responding. And if the church were to say, we were all impacted, well, let's do like we've done in other models. Let's each of us go as survivors from that storm and help each other, and we'll go around till we get everyone help that they need. Mm -hmm. But the church has got to wake up, and the volunteers, you, you might be the only person in that church that wants to be a volunteer, come. Mm -hmm. And from that, you'll see others as you go back and share your testimony, what God did through the 90-year-old, 91-year-old World War II vet, mm -hmm. and other people that every day were seeing decisions for Christ. Just the storms are on now. Over 200 people have put their trust in Jesus Christ. And now we have a responsibility, church. You have to disciple them and mentor them, and they have to get under your watch care to start their new spiritual growth because will there be more storms in their life? Probably so. But they need to know that God is with them every step of the way. 
I hope that you were challenged and compelled to pray as you listened to these volunteers. And something that impacted me was that these volunteers just stepped out in obedience. Some of them felt a stir to step out of their comfort zone. Some of them were intimidated, but the minute they went, they became part of this family. And they were just, as some said, I was hooked, you know, and they keep coming back, but we need more. As Luther and I talked about, Luke 10, 2 says, he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We need more volunteers. There are thousands of work orders and families that need help, but we just don't have enough volunteers and staff to accommodate these needs. And so I encourage you to just search your heart. If you're intimidated to come out by yourself, I know we had best friends that talked together, that they came out together. Bring a friend along with you. Pull out some people in your church and come out to serve. We truly can't do this without volunteers. And so again, I just challenge you to search um, search your hearts and see a way that you can get involved or maybe share this podcast with others that you think would be excited and, and wanna get involved that are maybe looking for ways to help. And so um, as we close, I encourage you, if you do wanna find out more, spvolunteer.org has all the information or you can check out our show notes to get more information on this. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for your prayers. That is first and foremost importance, but also if you feel stirred to help, check out the website. Again, you do not need qualifications. You don't need to be a chaplain. You don't need to be an evangelist. You don't need to be a carpenter. You don't need to know how to work tools. You just need a, a presence to minister to these homeowners and we will show you the rest. So check out those sites to get involved and thank you again for tuning in. God bless you.